I am extremely excited to bring you today's interview with my guest, Catherine E. Weibel. You'll find a link to all of her books in my show notes, as always, as well as her social media and TikTok, which is the subject of today's interview. If you've been thinking about using TikTok to grow your author profile, to sell more books, to draw more attention to anything that you're doing, this is an interview you do not want to miss through TikTok. Catherine has managed to sell thousands of books. She's gotten hundreds of reviews through Amazon on both of her novel and her novella series. You can pick up her Incarn Saga, the entire box set of four books for just $9.99 on Kindle Edition right now. So please visit the link, pick up one of those books, read her work, support her work, as always, I discourage you from rating or reviewing the show as it has no point. But if you don't want to miss great episodes like today's interview, hit the follow button so you don't miss any content. And if you do like what we're doing, share it with a writer friend, somebody who's working on publishing their first novel and needs tips on reaching the most readers. That's our goal here. We're trying to help you sell books. Great books. Thank you for listening. And again, without further ado, please enjoy my interview with Catherine E. Weibel. Welcome to Create Collaborate, the show for creative writers aspiring to publish their first book. My name is Jody Sperling, and I'm determined to help you whether you self-publish or storm the gated walls of agents and editors. Today, you'll be hearing from an industry expert on how they made the leap from unpublished to published, and how you can do it too. Okay, well, uh, if obviously TikTok's one of the uh, fastest growing platforms for authors, and for those who do uh, try to get into it, I should say, um, I for the most part, people are kind of almost blown away of how eager the uh, viewership and uh, followers, you know, they can get um, the interactions people have there or at least personally uh, far more than any other platform that ever seen. And as for sales purpose, you know, um, it's amazing how many sales just come organically from people who are just simply stumbling upon your videos and become interested in you as an indie author, if you're an indie author, or even if you're not, I follow some other um, authors published by big houses and the platform benefits them tremendously to get, you know, help spread the word. But it's fascinating of the interaction, the engagement, the positivity. And if you, you know, start dabbling with TikTok, obviously the first thing to be aware is that hashtags are very important. And if you are in the book community, it's hashtag book talk, B-O-O-K, T-O-K, makes kind of sense when you think about it. But when you start doing those hashtags, it will, the algorithm will pick up and start um, putting your face in front of people who are already following that hashtag or similar ones. So anything pertaining to books. And again, it helps um, the algorithm out to almost immediately get you in front of potential readers right off the bat, which is pretty cool. What are some other good hashtags that you use uh, in, in addition to hashtag book talk? 
Well, it all depends on, I guess, at that point, the specific video I do. I'm an author who likes to meet both the reader side as well as fellow authors because when you connect with other authors, you have options to do live events and you kind of co-host with another author and um, that's a lot of fun to then engage not only your viewers, but then a whole other set of viewers from another author. So I like to engage authors as well as readers. And so depending on the content I put out depends on the hashtag. So sometimes I'll do um, hashtags, writer's talk or author talk or self-publishing journey for people who might be beginning the writing careers. And I may produce videos that are talking about tips on um, what does it mean to get your book copywritten? Or do you need to do that? Um, how do you go about and find people who can design your book covers? So those I would kind of do hashtags that are geared more for writers and or authors versus reader talk, which again, um, gears to people who are actively in, interested in reading books, or you could do even subgenres all the way to epic fantasy or dark fantasy talk or anything like that. And those kind of hashtags, again, help gear the algorithm to get you in front of people in your genre and help you find that right readership. So it's almost a, a tired joke at this point that uh, the only thing you're doing on TikTok is dance videos, but pretty clearly you're not making dance videos, or at least I, I'm oh, assuming no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that you're not dancing with your books. Uh, so talk to me a little bit about what it looks like to make uh, a video that people engage with for an author. Well, I like to do uh, every day. I do, I'm do. i an author who puts out multiple videos a day, and that's just because that does, again, when you're working with these algorithms, helps you um, helps the algorithm think and realize that you are a worthy producer, quote unquote, of material, and they will then push your videos before more people. So I do put out multiple a day, and usually I'll do one that's a question, and I may be asking, what is your favorite book? Or I went through this series recently about portals because I write a portal fantasy. So it kind of developed in each stage. It was, um, you know, would you walk through a portal that you find in the middle of the woods? And it's interesting to hear responses because you start getting this engagement and be, why would you do it? You know, where, where do you expect to turn up? What do you want to do the first time you go through this portal? And it kind of became this conversation with all these readers of fantasy and these engagements kind of build and you kind of um, create these relationships with potential readers. And of course, in the meantime, some of my other videos, I will show my cover of the book I have in front of me and talk about it or maybe have a little video that's just the excerpt of like a good quote. Or it could be some of these, as you say, dancing or um, uh, singing videos, but choose the audio, you know, carefully. So it kind of works back to your book. And um, you can get a lot of people who just become interested because they're seeing something they think it's funny and they're not realizing they're starting to get invested in a product, which is, again, the books you're selling as an author, and you can hook people that way. So when you're when you're making those videos, one thing I've noticed is, and and not yours, I haven't I haven't run into you on TikTok yet because I just started yesterday. <laughs> it's a it's a big. <laughs> there's a lot of people there. Yeah, to, like, exactly. Through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I am I'm a 
brand new newbie. And that helps because any question I ask people in my shoes are going to be asking the same questions, I hope. Uh, but when what I've already noticed in browsing the videos is there seems to be a lot on BookTok where they use the IA or uh, artificial intelligence, AI voice um, to, behind things. When you make a video, are you actually speaking or do you prefer to use music and then have uh, sort of a AI voiceover as well? What, what seems to work in your experience? Uh, for me, I do a little bit of everything just because something may be appealing for one type of potential reader, but then maybe not so much for another. So I try to do a variety. But with that said, there is that uh, method of pick a couple topics that you want to push in front of. So if you have a book, make sure at least a couple times a week, you do a video just trying to pitch your book. Or if you're trying to talk about writing, you know, that's fine too. Point them to your newsletter and remind people, hey, you can sign up on my newsletter and here's how you find it. And do those repeatedly because how the algorithm works is yes, you'll have followers who will see those videos multiple times, but you'll always be um, potentially being viewed by a new reader or a new person. So repeating themes throughout the week is a way to go, but the variety of how you do that, it's almost limitless. And that's kind of fun. How do you on TikTok engage with enough people or does it matter as much do you find? I mean, you're, you're saying you have to have that conversation, but how much of it do you have to have? How present do you have to be? For me, um, again, I consider myself still fairly new in all regard to TikTok. And um, as I am trying to build an active relationship with these potential readers and fellow authors, I do try to engage a lot. And that engagement, one, boosts your algorithm, which is always fun, but also, you know, gets people invested in who you are. So I currently do engage a lot. Now, when you're making videos, and this is just a tip you kind of popped in my mind as you were just talking, um, and you may be asking a question, and it may not have anything necessarily do with your specific book, but maybe in the bookish realm. Um, one tip that I someone said to me, and it just made sense, was always hold your book in front of you, because even if you're not talking about it, people see it, or have a poster of your books behind you, and there is that subconscious, you know, interaction. Plus you'll have a lot of people start asking, Hey, what are you holding? And, you know, that's a great way to get, you know, the foot in the door to talk about your books. And when you're talking about pinning posts, each time you put out a video, it took me a moment to realize, but in the comment section, you can comment on your own book and then pin it to the top. So you can comment on your own video and say, Hey, the book I'm holding is blank. You can buy it through here or on Amazon or it's available in KU or it's you know, Nook or whatever it is. And that's just an extra way to, you know, eke out a sale, even though your topic is not necessarily on your book. And it's just to build engagement and try to reach new audiences. Everything you've said so far is very much from a creator perspective. How much do you go out and engage with other authors? You said that you're doing that. I heard you say that earlier, but I'm trying to figure out what's the split of your time spent creating and then responding to your own, uh, what do they call it? Are they called TikToks? I don't know what they're called. Your videos. So yes, <laughs> how much, how much time do you spend only engaging with your own videos versus going out and engaging with other people's videos? I, I usually go and again, several times a day is when I put something out there. And during those times, I'll go and see who's commented on all my information and go through and, you know, try to do a response. Some of them are a little bigger, a little more depth. Others are just a like back just so they know that I'm paying attention to them. 
And then I'll go on to essentially what your home page is. And that's where, you know, the algorithm showing you videos. And that's when I'll start engaging too with other authors or other potential readers and um, book reviewers because their content will pop up. And sometimes I will be like, oh, I was just talking about something similar or I love your book cover or who is your designer. And again, engage that way. And the great benefit to that is when you start making these virtual relationships with uh, other people in the bookish community. Um, like I mentioned before, you have the option when you hit that 1000 follower threshold to start doing live videos, which again, you can invite someone else or even a couple people. I've seen live videos up to four people get in these group chats and everybody's viewers can watch what's going on post comments and you can have live Q&A sessions, you can talk about your writing process, talk about your books. And again, it's a great way to reach new people and get new followers that way and people invested in your work. So today is April 25th of 2022. Do you feel like it's too late to get on TikTok if you're brand new? No, I've had people who uh, joined after me and they are doing very, very well. I was talking to one author and she said the only way she sells books, she exclusively promotes it on TikTok at this moment in time. It's just, it, she is a younger author. So she, she isn't a full-time writer and her time is stretched thin. So finding the value and she finds the value in TikTok tremendous. So she says hundred percent of her sales come through TikTok. That's a fairly good recommendation. Uh, <laughs> not not a ton of places that, that you can go and have that kind of interaction. I, I was personally really scared of starting it. And so I do want to speak to, um, and maybe you were as well and can talk to oh, that yes, as well. I but was. I, I, I want to just say it, it scares me to, to make a video product to put out there for people to make fun of because I am socially awkward. Um, I'm not much to look at and uh, I can't always find the words when I want them. I love this podcast because we're talking and probably it feels fairly conversational, but when I actually post the podcast, I've done a lot of editing to make sure that the conversation still flows, but that I don't sound like an idiot. You don't have that same benefit on TikTok quite. I know you get to edit some, but it, yes. you've got that video element that I can't, I can't change this face. Well, and that's, that's the thing is it's, I found it really interesting because a lot of the authors who benefit greatly through TikTok define themselves as introverts or extreme introverts. I'm the opposite. I will admittedly be, I like to talk to people. So that's not my case, but there are a huge community of introverts out there on TikTok. And for them to get in front of a, as you said, video and just be able to, like you said, make fun of themselves in a sense. Um, it's amazing because when they get into it, they get into it a lot and they builds huge followings because people sympathize with the introvert or the awkwardness. And the nice thing about this platform is it's not polished. Like I personally, I think um, like Instagram is very polished and has that nice, uh, you know, the bookstagram segment and everything's, you know, set in a beautiful way. And then you have Twitter, which I think is very informative, but TikTok is very low key. You will have posts by authors in, you know, sweatpants and just hanging out and just with their book and being like, here's where I am, or this is my first book, or um, where here's, here's where I'm in my writing process. I haven't even published yet, but they're building these kind of supporters who understand that, you know, everybody starts somewhere and, you know, not everybody is confident, but they don't care. It's, it's more just getting out there to do it. And it's a lot of fun once you get into it, I think. And 
as you mentioned, yes, there are limitations on the editing, but there actually are a variety of things you can do. Filters, um, themes, you don't necessarily even have to have your face. You could, I see a big trend where they'll just flip the book and you just see pages flip by and then you could have your voice speak over it and you don't even have to have your face in front of it if that's something you're you know uncomfortable with, at least initially. Are there ways that you're saying this is my brand and you always do a certain thing in your videos or is there any, is there any like specific hook every time, I guess? Um, now that I, again, have become aware of trying to always have uh, one of my books in the screen, that's kind of more or less my hook. I mean, I, I'm an unusual author in the sense that I don't write in necessarily one niche genre. I, my book series, each one branches, we're all in high fantasy, sure, but one is young adult portal adventure fantasy. Another one's dark, very almost grim, dark um, Viking fantasy. Not, you know, so I am trying to reach a wide variety of people, but as long as I have books in and around me and I try to keep my topics almost exclusively in the bookish realm. So I'm not going to be talking about my personal life necessarily. And I'm not going to be talking about my other hobbies necessarily, um, unless I have books in my hand or a stack of them somewhere that again, I can point back to. But uh, as for a brand, as long as I have that visual, I'm less concerned or trying to keep it as neat and tight as some other platforms. How do you use TikTok to then push people back to your place? Because I'm assuming that you're either building an email list or you have a website that you want people to be in touch with. You want some way to hold on to the people that you're interacting with so that they can continue to buy your future books as well. What kind of things do you do through TikTok to bring them back to you? And this is going back to that in finding your big themes to kind of push back to. Um, on TikTok, you, and I think it depending on if you are, because there are two different versions, you could be a business, which I label myself as a business. I take my career like a business, but you could also join as an author, um, as a personal one, and they have different perks and limitations. I don't remember what the threshold is, but I think um, it may be a thousand people for um, a non-business, but business accounts can directly put one link into their bio. And one thing I've seen a lot of people do, um, there's platforms like Linktree where you click that one link and it takes you to a page where that has 15 or 20 of them that points to all your stuff. I actually built my own on my website and it's again, just links directly from TikTok to that particular page on the website. And on that page has my newsletter sign up, my ARC reader sign up, um, buy links to my different series, information about my different series, other platforms on social media, some of my best interviews. I have different things. So if someone just goes, one click and can find whatever information they want. And so during those weekly, um, at least once or twice a week, if not more, you know, I remind people, check out the link in my bio. You can find out all this stuff, which is pretty fascinating. And something I've never seen before on any other platform, there are thing, people who can call themselves book fairies on TikTok. And what they'll do is send people books. They'll just buy people who they think, um, deserve a book, a book, and authors will get books for free, but you have to mention what books uh, via your Amazon wish list, and people put that in their link tree or their bio, which is kind of cool, and it's really neat to be gifted something from a fan, so I thought that was pretty neat that, again, fans are so welcoming. 
That's amazing. Yeah, that is, I had no idea that that was going on. So there's so much to learn. How many hours are you spending a week on TikTok? Okay, little bit of a trick question. Um, good thing to note if you're beginning is that you can put videos on draft. So on Mondays, which probably after we get off, I'll do this. And on Fridays on my main days where I will film a large segment of my little videos and put them on draft and I'll put, you know, the notes or the words or the text or the music and kind of have them prepped. And then so for the other days of the week, because I post them seven days a week, I can go on and be like, okay, it's around 11 o'clock. I'm going to do my second post of the day. And I already have one ready and I just click and it sends and it's done. So I do invest a lot of time twice a week when I'm filming these and I could be filming an hour to an hour and a half twice a week. But, and then of course you can, I'm not counting the times where I'm going on throughout the week and just post or, you know, respond to comments. So it's kind of hard to but honestly, the investment, the worth, it's amazing because you don't have to have too many posts out there before you start seeing sales. So you have to decide as an independent author how much time you want to invest, how many times um, a week you want to post, how many times a day. Some people do one, some people do seven, some people never get off this platform. It's mm -hmm. ridiculous. But I yeah. don't like spending my whole life on the platform. So I like to use that draft option to focus a couple hours once to twice a week and get all my week's worth of videos ready. Yeah. That's amazing advice in so many different ways. Uh, obviously batching what we're doing. That's I told you before we started recording, I'm batching all of my, my interviews for today. So I have, I have interviews from 11 o'clock until four o'clock and you get tired. I think you really yep. legitimately get tired doing this, but it's nice because you get in one mindset and it helps you to have mm -hmm. conversations, know how to ask questions, know how to engage the audience, whatever your goal is for that time. If you batch it, it's I think much more um, effective use of your time. And so. now I will mention, uh, because I also invest in the live video option as well. I tried to have a co-interview with another author once a week, and that's usually an hour session for me. Uh, and again, those are a lot of fun because not only do I learn things from other authors, but I'm talking to live chatting with people who are interested in either writing and or my books. And it's just kind of a fun way to engage people. And so I do that. So that's an extra hour a week, but that's again, optional. People don't have to do that. Do you notice a good boost from the live videos? I, I will. Yeah. I usually after live videos, I definitely get new followers and that's great. And, and fun thing to know as well is it's a little tricky to find it, but the day after your live video has debuted, you can download it. And so for people who like to use things, multi-purpose things for different platforms, I have a YouTube channel and I'll download it and upload it on YouTube, give the other author all their credit with website and all their social media. And it's another place where, again, I can potentially share views between us. And so that's kind of fun too. Good grief. You're hitting it out of the park in a lot of different ways. Um, you're making good use of your time. So you've talked a little bit about the benefit of the book sales. I want to use this as the transition piece without TikTok, how many books do you think you would be moving and you don't need to give a number but i mean then with TikTok, what percentage of those are because of that platform that's well it's kind of hard for me to tell because i have also around the same time been revamping my advertisements because i do i'm also on uh i use the facebook ads as another source of income 
But with that said, um, since I started doing TikTok, I would say it's moving to probably a third at this moment. And it's probably going to be creeping up to a half of my sales through TikTok in the next couple months. There you go. I don't, I don't know what else to say. If you, if you're listening to this episode and you're not tempted to use TikTok, I don't know. I just don't <laughs> even know. So, okay. Well, let's talk about your books. Oh, because, yeah, well, yeah, well, let me, ahead. let me break in just one more thing, talking yeah. about it. Um, the fun thing is a lot of people think TikTok's for young people. Some of my favorite authors, one of my favorite authors, she's 73 and she's from uh, Scotland and she's a hoot on TikTok and she loves to just talk about her books and just life. And so it's not a scary platform, no matter what age you're on. That's good. Yeah, you are correct. It, it's it's viewed as being for for young people to do dance videos. And before I really thought about it as a marketing place and a place to connect with readers too, because I like marketing, but really what you've talked about this whole time is that we're not actually trying to market. We're not trying to say, hey, buy my book. In fact, you never said in anything that we talked about, hey, buy my book. You talked about doing simple things like holding your book while you're talking about something else related to it. It's building a relationship because people want to build relationships. That's what we're around for. That's why we write. So um, I like that too, is uh, it's for all generations and it's not a real salesy place. I, I kind of got out of Facebook because there was so much spamming. That was really difficult for me to feel like my whole time was just avoiding spammers. So, okay. You've got two book series going concurrently. One is um, novellas. The other is uh, longer length books. You like to torture yourself by writing a <laughs> yes. ton of work all at the same time. Tell me how you're handling that, how you segment it, and then talk about both series for the listeners who want to, to buy books after listening to you talk. Oh, Lord. Um, okay. So handling it, it's always a question of every morning, but I... I thankfully I'm a person who's very structured. I've always been that way. So I already have like my day set plan and just depending on which book I'm actively writing, you know, I can be spending the morning usually on writing whichever one it is. And then in the afternoons, I subdivide my time depending on what is needed next. So it's either maybe formatting the book prior, working with the editor with a book from the other series, I could be obviously doing the marketing and PR and all this kind of stuff that authors have to do when they're indie as well. And since I'm also a um, artist, I could be painting, which is my afternoon today. But, you know, um, it's to keep a balance. You just have to decide how you're dedicating your time and come up with a game plan on making sure you're moving forward at a steady rate. And again, since I'm doing full lengths as well as novellas, novellas are quick to put out for me. Like mine are 10 to 11 chapters. And so I can write them relatively quickly. And then it gives me a break a little bit to step away and take a good inhale, exhale. And then before I jump back into some of my full length books, because I do write some very long full length books. <laughs> but um, yeah, balance is the key. and. Again, keeping a pretty structured daily endeavor, it works for me. But I, I, like you said, I'm a little crazy in the sense of trying to juggle both projects. But as for the projects myself, my the two that I'm putting out currently, um, one is a young adult adventure portal fantasy, and that series is called The Jed Chronicles. It starts with the book called The Twelve Tasks, and it's set in a multiverse that contains 12 magical worlds with multiple dimensions 
And the concept is ever since the dawn of existence, there have been opposing forces that have threatened life itself. And during those big pinnacle moments where life is threatened, a prophesied hero, or in this case, a heroine, will arise and help try to maintain order in the universe. So the first book kicks off where my main character, who is from Earth, not one of the magical planets, awakens on one of these worlds, has no idea what's going on, and is soon told that she might be this next prophesied savior and has to go through a testing process to prove that is indeed the case. So that's a fun just, you know, I like that one. It's full of mythology from all around the world. It's just my love of fantasy of all kinds wrapped into one series, and I just really enjoy it. My other series that I have concurrently, as you were saying, is a novella series for adults. There are dark Viking fantasy books. And like I said, quick reads, they're a lot of fun for me to create. And readers will get to experience all nine realms around Yggdrasil, the world tree. Yes, you'll see glimpses of Loki and Thor and Odin and some of these major characters people recognize way, 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 way down. But I'm starting with some very obscure mythology where my character Leaf was born with the ability to see and communicate with each person's spirit animal, guardian spirit, essentially. And her animal takes the form of a squirrel named Thray. But she's been ostracized from her society ever since birth. People think she's crazy because it looks like she talks to herself. And in the beginning of the first novella, she comes across another person who has a similar gift to hers. And due to his gift, he has come to realize that humanity is being threatened. All life um, uh, could end because there is some plague affecting humanity. And his gift allows him potentially the only chance to try to figure out what's going on and if it can be stopped. The problem is, is he is brought into her community as a slave and he's not hers to free. So those are my two series I'm working with simultaneously. I enjoy it. It's clear that you've had a lot of time to kind of craft your pitch and oh. it it's great. No, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It I've, I've talked to authors and I'm, I'm one of them. If you ask me right now to describe my books, I would be like, um, you know, there's like detectives and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's, it's a, a really good skill that you have and something that for, for listeners, take a moment and, and rewind to listen to or describe her books again, because she stops just in time for you to be like, what's going to happen next? And that's a really important piece of the puzzle. So um, well, it's, thank it's, you. Yeah, it's great. They, they both sound like fascinating reads. Talk to me about how this all creates a, a career for you. Um, Cause it sounds like you've got a lot of pieces and I think probably I'm picking up on this correctly, but you're able to do all of this full time. So this is your art and, and marketing your art is your, your gig. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it's a food, you know, hand to mouth kind of scenario right now, though I would like it to be a little less so in the future, but that is, I am trying to achieve the status of, a, you know, full-time author slash artist. Yeah, absolutely. And when did you start that journey and how long can you, can you go at your current pace? Ooh. Okay. So I published my first book in 2016, but the process of not just the writing and getting into that habit of writing, but also trying to figure out how to find an editor 
or cover designer or anything to do with it. For me, it was such a long process. It took me 10 years from conception wow. to publication. And then nowadays I can turn them a lot quicker because I've figured things out. I've educated myself and now I'm better at knowing what questions to ask, which was a hard thing. Cause in the beginning, I didn't know what even to ask. I didn't know what was available. I didn't know who to contact. And so that's changed and it's allowed me to streamline my process going forward. Yeah. Right now I'm pushing myself and probably everybody who works with me to their limits, trying to do these multiple publications a year. I'm trying to put out one of the full lengths for my young adult series and at minimum four of my novellas every year, not including trying to do any um, uh, box set bundles or audiobook releases. So it's an intense workload and it's been going on. This is the second year and I probably have one to two more like it. And then I'm hoping I can allow myself to ease back. And even though I still might be producing two series simultaneously, it might be two books a year versus what I'm doing now. Yeah, that's uh, a crazy breakneck schedule. I think it can be easy for people listening in to think, oh, how fortunate that you get to be a full-time author or a full-time artist uh, or a full-time podcaster. And the reality is, is that the the minute I walked away from the world of the W2 to step into this world, my workload tripled. I'm not even mm-hmm. kidding. I mean, tripled. And, and people look at you and they're like, how are you so busy? You don't even work your job anymore. And you're like, that's what this enabled me to do was to be obsessed and ridiculously oh, yes. over overburdened, but in a great way. And I, I can say for myself, and I, I, I can tell just from talking that you feel the same way this, I wouldn't rather be doing anything else than this. Oh, yes. So yeah, some days, some days I need it to slow down, but uh... it's hard. It's hard to unwind, especially because when you work for yourself, there aren't those structured, you can walk away from a business setting and go home. For me, I work at the house my home is my work. And so, and the fact that I have so many aspects of my writing career that's on my phone or my computer, it's hard to not turn it on, flip up on the phone, check an app, answer a few comments. And all of a sudden you look around and you're like, oh, I've been doing this on and off for a while and I should actually be enjoying my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so true. So tell everybody where you want them to find you. And I, of course, will link to all of your books and anywhere else in the show notes, but where do you want to send people first and foremost? Okay. So uh, my website should have links to pretty much everything as a good basis. And that is katherineybellbooks.com. And I'll spell that out because my name's odd. It's Catherine, K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E, Ybell, which is W, I's and ink. BS and boy, E-L-L, books.com. And like I said there, you can find a lot of my information on social media, blog, um, where to go and buy my books, um, what's been happening. I usually link any interviews like this one coming in the future when it goes live, you'll find that there as well. And I'm on right now, most social media, though I can't say all of it I'm great at, but I'm either Catherine E. Weibel or Catherine Weibel on any of the platforms. And my books are Amazon, I'm exclusive. So I have books, Kindle, KU, hardback, paperback, and soon to be audio. Excellent. I forgot to ask you too, are you recording your own audio for the audiobooks, or do you hire that out? Right now I'm hiring it out. The, the first book is from my debut series, The Incarnate Saga, which are, it's a war shifter series, four books. And that one, I was fortunate 
that ended up uh, they contacting me, but it was a cast, one of those full cast groups. So each of my characters will have a different voice actor or actress um, speaking their lines and a different narrator. And it'll be kind of like an old radio show with like sound effects as well. So it's been a very long process, far longer than most audiobook publication, but I'm really hoping it's worth it. It's what I've heard I'm so excited about. And hopefully it'll come out this fall. That's amazing. That's really cool. The one time I've heard anything kind of similar was Haruki Murakami 1Q84. And that had maybe three or four different voice actors. But it's so it's so much fun. You don't realize what you're missing out on if you're listening to a single narrator. And there are some I love and I love audiobooks, but that sounds like it's going to be great. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. It was a pleasure talking to you. I had so much fun. I learned a ton about TikTok. So thank you for the education. Uh, and I, I look forward to continuing to watch how your career and your writing develops. And you're a long way down the road from many of us who are listening in and from, from me. So um, great work. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for listening today. And remember, you should never feel bad for telling the truth. So get out there and write. And if you've got a killer story, apply to be a guest on our show. Email me at jodyjsperling at gmail.com or find me on Facebook, Jody J. Sperling. And hey, there's no point in telling stories if nobody's listening. <laughs>